0: Well, the title of today's message, "Wouldn't you like to be a prepper too?" Does it remind you of an old jingle? You know, it's yeah, it's taken from the old Dr. Pepper jingle. "Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? He's a pepper, she's a pepper." But no, preppers are these also known as doomsday preppers. They're folks that the word prepper comes simply from preparation or being prepared and so these are folks that say you know that they want to be prepared when something goes south and so this is an example of somebody filling up I don't know if that's his basement or his storm shelter uh what it might be but you know he's he's uh when when things go bad he's gonna reach for his can opener it looks like and uh and he's prepared to feed himself and maybe his family uh, for as long as it might take or as long as as his provisions last. And then there are preppers that, man, they like to be ready to go. And so uh, in the the backpack, I mean, you've got your shovel and your big can of WD-40 and boots and rope and bolt cutters and a gas mask. And if you're not familiar with this, this is a neat thing right here. It's called a life straw. And it's a water bottle that has a built-in filter. And so that means you're on the go and you need water. Because the human body can go without food for a while. Can't go without water for very long. uh, As evidenced by the preacher who always makes sure he brings his with him, right? Uh, But you can't go without water very long. So that apparatus allows you to scoop up water from wherever. And it's got a built-in filter. And so it keeps you from getting you know, hepatitis or something like that. uh, While you're on the go. And so there are folks out there. That believe in being prepared and even right here in Hohenwald Tennessee we have a company that benefits from some of these folks because Oliver Technologies building Oliver travel trailers these lightweight fiberglass travel trailers that cost way less than an Airstream and I remember being at a at a meeting uh, in the community some years ago, and Bert Moore, if anybody remembers uh, Bert, who worked at Oliver for years, and and uh, Bert made the comment. He said, man, he says, people are buying these travel trailers as fast as we can build them. He said, we were building them for baby boomers that were retiring and wanting a less expensive way to go see the country. And he said, but... A chunk of our market is coming from preppers. People who want to be prepared for the unknown. People who are prepared to live off the grid and uh, and so I thought that was interesting and then he said you know a lot of them like to like to come and pick them up themselves and uh, and so sure enough it wasn't that much longer I was at a local hardware store and I saw somebody pull up in a truck pulling a brand new Oliver trailer and they had I think they were from like Idaho or something like that and uh, so once he called that to my attention I started paying attention attention to uh, where some of these license plates were on people that I saw rolling through town pulling uh, their brand new Oliver trailer they just picked up uh, down at the plant. And so uh, these are folks that simply want to be prepared. Now some of them go to extremes and then some of them are like my brother who I remember back in 1988. I think I've told the story before. So I won't, I'm not going to tell the whole story. But it was in 1988 that me and a couple of guys from MTSU were headed, uh, during our Christmas break, we were headed to Casper, Wyoming. And so my brother uh, says, well, he says, are you prepared? And I said, prepared for what? He said, well, do you all have chains? I said, Chains? What are you talking about? He said, chains for your tires. And then he probably said, you know, dummy or something like that, because that's what big brothers do to little brothers sometimes. But he's like, hey, you know, yeah, chains for your, for your tires. He said, you're going to the Northwest, man. It's, just, it's late December. And, uh, and I said, I, I don't know. It's not, we're not taking my car and uh and then he said well do you have flashlights do you have extra batteries do you have blankets do you have candles and i'm thinking my goodness gracious what in the world is he worried about and uh sure enough midway across nebraska we start seeing snowflakes guys from tennessee we don't see snowflakes that often so we're kind of hey cool it's snowing And then the farther you get west into Nebraska, then the more snow you see piling up. And then we decide to change our route. We're going to stay on the interstate because getting off in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska and going to Wyoming on that two-lane U.S. highway, they're more likely to keep the interstates clear. I'll tell you folks, if you've never been in a bona fide blizzard, there gets to a point it doesn't matter how many snow plows you have on the road you're not keeping the roads clear and so we made it to Cheyenne Wyoming and turned north I think that's interstate 25 going up toward Casper and uh, needless to say fortunately we had stopped for gas and we had a full tank of gas uh, but We, uh, just a few miles north of Chugwater, Wyoming, we went off into a snowbank. It gets to the point you couldn't see where the, the interstate was. It was all just white. When they talk about whiteout conditions on the Weather Channel, I've been there, church. I know what true white-out conditions look like, and some of you probably have too. And so, yeah, we spent about the next six hours on the side of the interstate uh, until dawn, and somebody came and pulled us out of that snowbank, and then in the, in the daylight, we could make out the difference between the road and the, the non-road. And so, my brother was just asking a simple question, though. Greg, are you prepared? Now, Paul writes this in 2 Timothy uh, regarding uh, being prepared spiritually and one source of our preparation. He says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. There from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture, church, is inspired by God. Or as some translations say, Scripture is God-breathed. And so but but I like that he gives us a reason here of the value of scripture. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the best description I ever heard of scripture of God's word was probably about 20 years ago at Winterfest in Gatlinburg. And Jeff Walling was speaking, and he likened it to, uh, you, you give the love of your life a gift. But you didn't just wrap the gift, you took the time to write a love letter. And so you take that love letter and you, you put it in the envelope and, and you put it there with the gift. And it's a special occasion. Maybe it's a birthday, an anniversary. And so the recipient takes the gift and says, oh my goodness, thank you so much. But then they just take the love letter and just kind of toss it aside. Or imagine, even worse, they just toss it in the trash. They're just going to ignore it altogether. Church family, isn't that what we can be accused of doing sometimes? We say, God, thank you for this gift. Thank you, Christ Jesus, for shedding your blood on a cross. Salvation through the blood of Christ, the greatest gift known to humankind. What a wonderful thing. But then we never take the time to really read the love letter. Or we reduce the love letter down to the verse of the day on our apps. Verses that can be easily taken out of context. We don't take the time to read a book at a time what God is speaking to us. What a shame that is. I may need some help this morning, looks like. Thank you, Lindsay. In Romans 15, chapter 4, Paul says this about Scripture, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Paul reminding now another group of new Christians in another letter of the value of Scripture of course they didn't have all of the scripture that we have but nonetheless he's saying it was written in the past to teach us so that we have endurance because what is life church life is endurance isn't it life is going the distance Uh, my knees could tell you if they could speak yeah, it's about going the distance. My knees and I did 5.5 miles yesterday. Uh, in the heat of the day. I was—I got to tell you, I was a little proud of myself. <laughs> proud enough that I just told you all about it. Okay? Five and a half miles. And, uh, and then I got back to the house and the first thing I did was reach for the ibuprofen. Because I knew I was going to be feeling it. These 53-year-old knees and life is life is endurance. Uh, yeah, I know some of you all are like, you know, kid, you ain't seen nothing yet. I get it, I do. I remember asking my father-in-law uh, at Christmas time, because he's in his 70s, and I said, Barry, I said, if I feel like this in my 50s, what's the next 20 years like? Now, I don't know if he was just trying to make me feel better but he says oh he says you're feeling the worst of it he said it didn't get much worse than that i don't know i don't know church (laughs) some of y'all are like nope 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 don't listen to him uh so but life is endurance our our spiritual walk our walk with god is about endurance it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon as the saying goes and if you are going to, to participate in a marathon, what have you got to do, church? You have to prepare for it, don't you? You have to train. And Paul, in different places of Scripture, we're going to look at a couple of those later, in, a little bit later, but likens our spirituality to an athletic event and how you have to train for it. The reason I was at the industrial park yesterday doing my 5.5 miles that I'm so proud of because my wife was doing 9 miles because she's got some events coming up. She's got a 15K she's going to do. That's 9.3 miles. She's going to do another half marathon, 13.1 miles. And so you can't sign up for that four or five months in advance and then on the day of the event, just show up in murfreesboro or nashville and say well here i am i'm ready to run my 9 or 13 whatever miles no she has a training regimen that she sticks to there are some days that she only does a few miles there are days like yesterday that she does a whole bunch of miles and then there's days that are in between But it's about training. It's about being prepared. Hebrews 5, beginning with verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact... Or, as Eugene Peterson's translation, The Message puts it, I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you since you've picked up the bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here, I find, you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again, starting from square one. Baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food long ago, milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God 's ways, solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. And so uh, the Hebrews writer is giving his audience uh, a little bit of uh, you know it's, it's the, a little, little bit of a grab the collar and shake them a little bit. Hey. Listen, come on, wake up. At this point in your spiritual walk, he's saying, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be able to teach someone else. But you've not been training. You've not been preparing. And this is what happens. When it's time for you to eat filet mignon and pork chops... Oh, I hope somebody sees the irony of me mentioning pork chops to a a book written to the Hebrews. But anyway. But when you ought to be eating meat and potatoes, here you are, drinking milk from a bottle still. You know, that the Christian life isn't about accepting the gift and saying, okay, my ticket's punched, I'm good. That the Christian life is about growing. It's about maturing. It's about running the race. It's about applying oneself. Saying, this is the prize I'm aiming toward. And I am going to have a seasoned walk with the Lord. I'm going to spend time on my knees in prayer. Asking for God's guidance in my life. I'm going to spend time reading God's Word. So that I truly understand the story so that I truly understand my place in the story. Because church family, that is what God is inviting us to do. God is inviting us to learn the story, but it's an invitation to then participate in the story. Now, we've participated in a portion of the story by sending funds to people that we don't even know Now, Ashok and I have been communicating by email for a few years now. I've seen lots of pictures of the work that he has been doing in that section of that massive country. But collectively, as I've already addressed this morning, see, we did some good. That's our place in the story. One of many When we serve people through House of Hope, not people around the world, but people in our own community, then we are participating in the story. Many of you do things that the elders and I are never aware of, and not that we're supposed to be. Because the right hand's not supposed to know what the left hand's doing, right? And vice versa. I mean, we don't have to know everything that you're doing, but some of you have done amazing things for people in your lives, quietly, privately, the way Jesus encourages us to do it. No pomp and circumstance, no flash. Just speaking the goodness of God into someone's life. <coughs> And maybe helping them in some way that they might never forget. And God bless you for that. We are going to be launching classes sometime in the future. That date has not been confirmed yet. But if there's anything COVID has done, is it's given all of our teachers a good break, hasn't it? Except those that have been teaching on Wednesday nights since, what, February? February. But, for the rest of us, we've had a good long break. And so the call is going to go out at some point. that hey, we need we need teachers for our classes. and so and so the question is, are you prepared for that? Are you a person who can take a curriculum and then start teaching because uh, because that's what God's kingdom calls you to do? When we talk about training, I'm excited about the upcoming Titans year because I know these guys uh, do plenty of training. Uh, number 11 is A.J. Brown. Two years in the league, just went to his, his first Pro Bowl, which if you're not familiar with the NFL, that means he's an all-star, so to speak. The guy on the right, number 2, Julio Jones, recently acquired by the Tennessee Titans, Uh, with much fanfare. Uh, A lot of people excited about that acquisition. And uh, he's been to the Pro Bowl seven times in his ten-year career. Uh, He is as good as good gets. But here's what I like about Julio Jones. Uh, They had a series of practices called organized team activities, what they call OTAs. As a veteran, he was not required to show up. But there he was at OTAs. There he was doing those drills... And the footage I saw on Twitter of the way he's doing... I've never been so excited to see a guy do drills in my life. I mean, the guy is so fluid with his feet. He is—he has an absolute gift. Widely regarded for years as one of the best in the league. But here's why I'm bringing him up on a Sunday morning at the Hohenwald Church of Christ. Because he showed up when he didn't have to. And when he showed up, he did everything that was asked of him and then some. Because people that were there said, wow, this guy was taking the time. And I saw pictures of it taking the time to pull some of the younger guys aside and he's giving them pointers he's he's showing them how to position their hands he's showing them how to use their body to get in between the ball and a defender that would like his chance to knock that pass away or to intercept it and so he is going through and and he is doing what church he's teaching By getting an excellent veteran player like this, it's as if the team has acquired another coach in a sense. Because he is taking the time to pour himself into others. And church family, that is exactly what God's kingdom calls us to do. So many of us are veterans in our walk with God. And so we, we need to be the people who are taking people that are younger than us and pouring ourselves into them. Taking the time to encourage them. Taking the time to strengthen them. And if things go the way they're planned, then in the coming months, you know, some of you are going to get an opportunity to do just that. To pour yourselves into people who are younger. That's one of the benefits of the small groups that we're going to launch uh, this fall. Is that you've got different people sitting in a room together. In some cases, maybe different ages, different walks of life. And it's an opportunity for people to learn from one another. All this talk about training. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever forever therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly I do not fight like a boxer beating the air no I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the prize Paul writing to the folks in Corinth and they would have understood what he means by the games because Corinth was, uh, not only is it in Greece, which is home to the the ancient Olympics, but Corinth was also home to what is called the Isthmus Games. That's a word I hate having to say in public. Uh, But, if we remember from our history, the city of Corinth is on a narrow strip of land known as an Isthmus and so every three years they hosted their own games and in that region of the world the Isthmus Games were second only to the Olympics uh, in their prestige and so when he says that they're running okay, uh, this on the left uh, that's what you get if you win something at the Isthmus Games you get a wreath made of pine now Over here, this is what you get. It's a wreath made of laurel. And I'm losing my voice. A wreath made of laurel if you win something at the Olympics. Excuse me. And so, when Paul says, this is what you get if you win the prize in a race at the games. You get vegetation that's going to die quickly. But he's saying what we're running for in our spiritual race, what we're running for is something that never goes away. It lasts forever, doesn't it, church? And so in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing and that's us church, isn't it? that's us you got up on a Sunday morning on a nice summer day And you could have been lots of places. You could have been at the golf course. You could have been at the river. But you chose to get dressed and to be here this morning. And we love the people at the golf course and the river. But it says a lot that you are here this morning at this time on this day. And so here we are. People who long for His appearing. And so what waits for us but that crown of righteousness that the righteous judge will bestow on us? But church family, this isn't something that we just sit back and wait for, is it? Nothing in New Testament Scripture tells us That hey, all we got to do is sit back and wait for Jesus to return. No. This is about preparing. This is about training. This is about, as one of those verses mentioned earlier, about us being equipped to do good work. So church family, if you're not already... Do what you have to do. If you don't know what that looks like, come and see me. Come and see one of our shepherds. But do what you have to do to spend time in prayer, to spend time in God's Word. Do what you need to do to position yourself to be using the advantage of your seasoned walk to pour yourself into others whether it's teaching little ones at the Hohenwald Church of Christ, or whether it's in the form of small groups that will happen later on, whether it's in the form of some of our different ministries that we undertake here, whatever it might look like, there are opportunities to serve others. There are opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to pour yourself into other people. Because that's what people who are eating solid food, who have a mature walk with God, that's what they're called to do. Church family, that's what we're called to do. Let's be those people. Let's be people who care enough about others to serve them, to love them, and to pour ourselves into them. But we have to make sure that we ourselves are properly equipped. So let's not give up on our own spiritual training. It's something that's going to last or is supposed to last until the end of our time in this fallen, broken world. I had a sister in Christ tell me some time ago that she teaches her kids that the world is a rough place. And rightfully so. As I keep coming back to John 16, 33... In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. And so, how do we overcome the world? How do, we, uh, how do we bear up in a fallen and broken place? It's by being prepared. By having a walk with God. And so that when trouble arises, we handle it with dignity, we handle it with grace. We handle it with the spiritual maturity that is available to each one of us. If you're with us this morning and you have not yet made the decision to give your life to Christ and put on Christ in baptism, we offer the invitation for that reason. And if there's something that you're dealing with in your life that you would appreciate the prayers of this body of believers, then we offer the invitation uh, so that we can pray with you about whatever that concern is. Let's stand and sing together.